2: Bienvenidos, uh, hello everyone, welcome to another uh, beautiful episode of Cooking in Mexican from A to Z. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Alon Sanchez, alongside my beautiful mother,
3: Zarela Martinez,
2: and of course we're being broadcasted on our uh, uh, the best ever, uh, Heritage Radio Network, our good friends from HRN. Allow us to have this beautiful platform to talk about things, all Mexican ingredient, technique, culturally uh, significant uh, people that come here and and share their unbelievable knowledge and background and experience with all of us to enlighten us to further uh, grow our appreciation for uh, Mexican ingredients and all the things that come along with it. And today we are unbelievably the. Este- privileged uh, to have one of the i think this is my mom has been very excited about this guest as i am as well uh we have mauricio velasco de leon of course and we're going to be talking about the idea of the first mexican celebrity chef and uh We're going to speak a lot about, obviously, Josefina and this great idol that she is. But we have her nephew joining us, and we're really excited. Uh, So you can share this unbelievable story of this woman that has impacted so many people's lives. So muchísimas gracias, Mauricio, for coming and joining us.
4: Thank you for having me. It's very exciting to talk about uh, food and Josefina and to see both of you.
3: Thank you. Well, I, I just want to start this by quoting something that she wrote. In the dedication to this book, Mexican Cookbook for American Homes, because she—this is how she was so brilliant. She dedicates to to um, to the Mexican cooks who are who who are going to be cooking for their husbands and who are working very hard and and uh, has this very old-fashioned kind of language, but dedicated to the way Mexican cooks live there. But when she—that's translated into English it's uh she talks about to the to the women who work so hard outside the home and uh, and who no mention of the husband you know so she was she was so brilliant in understanding the minds of all of her fans
2: mm mm-hmm. yeah I, and Marisa, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think I think uh, your aunt uh, Josefina really started to understand and recognize, you know, how home cooks were able to sort of catalog their recipes, make sure that those things came to the surface and to the forefront. Can you talk a little bit about your earliest memories with that and uh, what that meant for
4: you? Right. So, because uh, Fina was my grandmother's cousin. And she was always kind of like a presence in the Velasquez family. Uh, she died in 1968. I was five years old. I, I don't think I ever met her in person, but I didn't need to meet her because she was everywhere in my family. You know what I'm saying? She was like, like this uh, bigger than life presence. Uh, we all knew about her some, some way. And when you're a little kid, you really don't know. How big your family is. You just hear about aunts and co- uncles. So sort of, you really don't know. But, but we knew that there was a very famous cook. I don't think we ever call her a chef because she, she didn't go to culinary school. She just learned cooking, uh, by doing with, uh, she created her mom about it. Uh, so, so she she's, she, she was a big presence in, in the family. And we see one or two books there. So it, 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 it and it took many, many years for me and for many other Mexicans to discover how big her, uh, contribution to Mexican cooking was. Uh, and we can talk about all these things, but just, just, just as a, as a little uh, introduction, she, she published more than 140 cookbooks, which sounds almost ridiculous, right? 140 cookbooks is not a person. It's, it's a company, but, uh, and, and we're talking about this published in the 1940s, 1950s, before computers, before Photoshop, before word processing. Everything was done letter by letter, quite literally, right? So it's, it's just amazing. Um, uh, and Sarella was talking a little bit about the family and, and the dedication of this cookbook that we can talk about in, in, in a little bit. Uh, and how she didn't, uh, she doesn't talk about the husband or, or, or the, or the men in, in her life. And one of the things that is very important for her. So she was born in, in, in uh, in Aguascalientes in ni- 1899, uh, north of Mexico City, like 20, 260 miles from north of Mexico City, uh, in the Aguascalientes state. Uh, and, uh, she, she was the older of four, uh, daughters. So she was the older of four girls in the house. Her dad died. And and when she was like around 11 or 12, the Mexican Revolution broke. And, you know, in the revolution, families got through a lot of different changes. And what happened with them was basically they lost their land. They lost their ranch. They lost their property. So from being in a very comfortable position, they, Josefina and her parents uh, were, they had to sort of like reinvent themselves. Her dad, uh, Josefina's father died when she was like very young i think like around 7 or 8 and then uh she just continued having this uh, sort of like a quiet life in 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 post revolutionary mexico until uh and she didn't marry her until we, she was 30 years old and she married uh, a businessman and The marriage didn't last very long. She was married to him only for 11 months. And then he died, I think, I believe from a heart attack. And that that tragedy sort of like dictated her life because women in those days, especially in traditional Mexico, were not able to work, were not able to teach, were not able to do anything. Their Their role was in the family, in the house, taking care of the family, cooking, and doing domestic chores, right? But she was... 31, 32, She didn't have children. She didn't have a husband, so she could do whatever she want, pretty much, right? And 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 what she and did. what she, and did and what so what she knew what to do was to cook. So she started
2: I, I have one of those right there. That's in the other screen right there. Right. That, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm looking at it right now.
4: <laughs> right. I'm sure there is. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, Sarella Sar- Sar- <laughs> Sar- understands uh, a lot about this thing. Like you're, you're mm-hmm. a woman. You have a family or, 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 or ch- children. In your case, Sarla, in the case of Josefina, she didn't have children, but she was like, "What can I do? I mean, there, I have to do something," and she knows how to cook. She she'll obviously have a passion for cooking, so she started uh, uh, the the first the first culinary academy in Mexico City, run by a Mexican. There was a famous academy, uh, cooking academy in Mexico back then in in 1933 when she opened this uh, this academy. There was another one in Mexico City that was very famous, but but was was run by a man, and it was run by a man from Spain. So you can imagine that uh, the, the, the kind of cooking that was uh, thought in those days for, for Mexican women was not exactly what Josefina had in mind. So because she was a woman teaching other women who had the opportunity, but going back to the traditions of those days, women in Mexico, even in a city as cosmopolitan as Mexico City, they just couldn't go out and do whatever they wanted. But going to a cooking class was acceptable, was encouraged was something that people want, wanted their wives to do so they can learn things. And Josefina took this opportunity and, and just became like a legend in Mexican yeah. cooking. Right? So, I mean, you can make the
2: parallels to like someone like a Julia Child, right? A Mexican Julia Child. There's a lot of those parallels associated with, with, with Doña Josefina for those reasons uh, of being able to teach, not necessarily being professionally trained I think that's important, and I would love to talk about the subject matter of, of being able to say, "All right, you know, uh, this is the first part uh, time that Mexican women can step out there and be the individualistic and make their mark." Right? Well, I think she it's she, to mention, you know.
3: she took the, her cooking school on the road, but she was so smart that she used to let people know ahead of time that she was coming because she she had she was the first one to do a, a TV show. She did radio shows. She had newspaper columns. She had products. You know, she was an, an, an I mean, this amazing woman. So, so they uh, her classes are always full of like a, at least a hundred people, and sometimes you know standing room only. And she went all over the the country and and wrote this amazing, uh, regional books that are still in existence and I mean not published but. You know, the, the Schlesinger Library has many of them, you know, in and their in their files. And it's just an amazing story to to tell that she was such an entrepreneur and uh and it right. was just I mean she's just an example to all all of us. Yeah, women. yeah.
2: Mom, you talked a little bit about in Mexico City how some of the started cataloging what the ladies that cooked in the home would make, right? Like the huila Coche. Crepas was one of these kind of examples of this refined cooking that happened in high-end homes in Mexico City. So, would you uh, would you concede that maybe uh, Doña Josefina was part of that movement of like cataloging those recipes, or no?
3: She did, what but she think? also but she also did the, the the food of the poor. You know, at that time, corn the corn was supposed to be like only for the, for the poor.
4: Yeah, she, she, like most women in Mexico in those days, th- she was cooking, uh, French food or Spanish food from, from Spain, right? Uh, and, and it was, it was all about, uh, elegant food and food for like big dinner parties and, and to impress in society and so like that. And I think little by little, and I, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to know exactly why, but little by little, she noticed that that there was this need for Mexicans to know more about Mexican cooking, right? And this system that Sarella was just mentioning, I think I think that was a stroke of genius. She, she was very religious. So one of the things she would do is like she would organize and, and, and sort of like team up with different uh,
1: churches oh, yeah. and
4: religious organizations all over the country and say, okay, I go and give you a free class in, let's say, in Querétaro. And I give a free class sponsored by the church. Uh, and in exchange, I want the women who are going to be attending my class to give me some of the regional recipes from that, right? So she said, like, I, I come to Querétaro, I tell you about all this stuff, then you give me some of the Querétaro <laughs> recipes and, and influences and ingredients and techniques. And Totally, and, I love it. Right? So... So she traveled all around the country and, and, and produced the first, the first book in Mexican cuisine that encompassed the, 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 the regional differences between the, the Yucatan and the North and the South as everything, right? So, and then she was so smart when she break that book into 32 different books with every little state. And that's why he, she was such, such a smart person. She, she had this global book, com, uh, comprehensive book of regional cuisines in Mexico, name broke it into, okay, cuisines of Querétaro, cuisines of San Luis Potosí, cu- cuisines of Oaxaca, cuisines of Yucatan. So in the 40s, in the
2: 50, I mean, can you imagine that kind of thinking? I mean, this is amazing stuff. It's getting me, I have goosebumps thinking about how, oh my God, how, how forward thinking she was. Unbelievable.
1: with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
4: Okay, so, yeah. And one of the things that is incredible to think is, like, going back to that era, right, This is a woman traveling the country alone. She had like an assistant that she was another woman who was like kind of her companion secretary. She would go with her to all these things. And they have a driver. The the driver was a man. Right. But still like a, a woman traveling in by car in Mexico in the 1950s was unheard of. Right. But she was doing it. And she traveled all over the country and 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 collected all these cuisines, all these techniques uh, of all regional, uh, uh, all these regional secrets that nobody in Mexico knew at the time, right? I mean, people from the north knew the north thing stuff. People from the south knew the, the south stuff. From Quintana Roo, they knew the Quintana Roo thing. And in Mexico City, obviously by being the capital, they kn- knew a little bit about everything, but not really that much. So she, she put together this book. And I mean, with Rick Bales, the, the famous chef, uh, he, 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 he told me once when I met him, it's like, without your great aunt, uh, Mexico didn't, would not have catalog, a catalog of regional cuisines in Mexico. Uh, so she did that. And, and that was like, I think that's her bigger, co- biggest contribution to, to the landscape of Mexican cuisine, in that area especially.
3: Well, I found that that direct quote about how she addressed the American cook. It is an honor to, for me to dedicate the present work to the ever-growing society of enlightened womanhood in this hemisphere. You just imagine, you know, just imagine in this manner, I express my gratitude to the North American women who have demonstrated a sincere desire to become acquainted with Mexican cooking.
2: Mm. Uh, you, you see, you, you see how, the, how elegant she spoke? And it's like, you know, to talk to the, the American audience the way that she spoke, I thought that was brilliant, the way she said that. You know what I mean? You know, unbelievable. You know, and I think this is so important because you never want your name to be lost in history. And I think what we're
4: doing here is we're celebrating that. I think it's so important.
3: Do you know who her papers are?
4: Well, it's very, it's very strange. What happened is that, uh, she died in 1968. And when she died, two of her sisters, she had three sisters. As I mentioned before, two of her sisters were actively working with her in one way or another. Uh, one was running like the, the Academy. I'm assuming some others was helping with the, the publishing part because she couldn't do that all by herself. Uh, and they have this uh, everything in the in the school right in the academy in the cooking academy and uh when she died i think the the what we know is that the the sisters try to keep keep it up right try to keep up with the legacy and try to keep up with the business and all that but uh i don't know they either decided not to do it or it was too much or or were not interested anymore uh for so for whatever reason they just I guess the gossip is that they just put all the stuff outside in the street and take, le- leave the the neighbors to take books, notes, uh pa- pots and pans, everything that they have in the culinary academy because they needed to close it. So they just let people take it. Uh I've been in the old academy now. It's a, it's a, it's a, car Repair shop, uh, or at least it was last time I was there, but maybe now it's a uh, Starbucks or something. But uh, back then, uh, in some point, it was a, a, a care repair shop. And, and you can, I asked them to let me go in, and you can still see like some of the cooking surfaces where she used to work. And the guy who run the, the thing, he remembers that all these ladies coming there and, and taking classes and all those things, right? But there's not I mean, I think most of the reference that we have about her is, is her books. That's all we have. And the books have some introductions and give us some clues about her, but most of the, uh, there, there's no notes, handwritten notes about her. So I have some, some, uh, I have some scans of some of personal documents, but nothing really, uh, very helpful to construct her life. Uh, there's a lot of missing pieces.
2: So, Mauricio, I think one of the things that we want to do and what we, we get accomplished, on, I think we do a good job, my, my, my mom and I, is to be able to celebrate all the different figures and leaders in our beautiful culture and our history through food. And I would love, because, you know, I have a scholarship, uh, a foundation where I put Latino kids to culinary school, and I want to name one for my mom, obviously, but obviously for your for your, for your great aunt. So I think I would love to do that right here, and then be able to choose, right, Mom, a couple ladies, and then and and then they're they're housed under uh, your beautiful family's legacy with with Doña uh, Josefina. I think that would be great. That way the story continues to live, right, Mom?
3: Yeah, because it's it's just a shame that that so few people know about it. I mean, this this American book, this this bilingual book, I think is the only way to. To link her to the United States at this point. And, and of course, the Schlesinger Library.
4: Right. Well, first of all, Aaron, of course, thank you so much. That will be absolutely awesome. And I think, uh, everybody in the Velasquez family and in the Mexican culinary world will, uh, thank you for that. I think that's a great idea because, uh, yeah, a lot of people these in these new generations, they don't know who she is, right? I mean, for me, who uh, I mean, everybody in my mom's, Generation had her books for sure. And when I start, I start talking to this with my family members, I, I, I receive a lot of copies because they have copies like, Oh, I want to give it to you. So I have a small number of copies, but those copies obviously are, are antiques, right? There are antiques and nobody, nobody, uh, nobody from the new generation have seen them. They only have seen pictures of it. Uh, so yeah, anything that we can do to keep her legacy alive is is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. It's Wouldn't a, that be
2: beautiful, really,
3: mom? It's a beautiful idea, honey.
2: We have one lady that represents you, represents Doña Josefina, and then all every year we we, we select two ladies, two young ladies, and then they, have, you know, part of their curriculum is to be able to, you know, rec- uh, reconstruct some of your recipes, her recipes and just have this beautiful wouldn't that be great? I, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> we're doing it.
3: <laughs> no, and, and the thing is that her recipes are very traditional. So it's very much in the kind of work that I do.
4: Right. So going back, speaking of the recipes and the book that Josefina has mentioned, uh, uh, the Mexican cookbook devoted to American homes. I, I think this is like, this, this is a jewel. I mean, this book. If uh, it's a it's a bilingual book,
2: where do you get it though? Because here we want everyone to shamelessly plug and make sure that everyone knows where to get this. So is it reprinted? How do we? How do people find it?
4: Only on eBay and in all editions. Uh, there, there is no new copies. It was published, I believe, nineteen forty-seven, the first time for the first time it went out. The last printing was in nineteen seventy. Uh, so a couple of years after she passed away, we're, uh, we're going to change that.
2: We're going to figure out yeah. how to get that done. Okay. right
4: yeah no it will be fantastic because uh it just the, the way she addresses the issue of like we are two countries two cultures we uh, and, and try to blend them together into love from good cooking and so on is it's, it's just amazing and I I've made a lot of her recipes and I I mean it's just fantastic it's a fantastic book. Mariso and, and I want
2: to make the parallel, there's an um, unbelievable, because there's a woman named Nitsa Viapol who is a Cuban home cook, I don't know yet, you, you have to look her up, right mom? You know, you know Nitsa, yeah. no? And she yes. was this unbelievable, uh, you know, pre-Castro cook in, in Cuba that cataloged all these unbelievable recipes. And she was like also very much in the same line with your great aunt. So I think these kind of these ladies need to have that recognition. So we're gonna figure out a way to be able to publish some of the recipes. Maybe we get it done. I'll, I'll talk to our team to make sure that this happens. Cause this is, this is a treasure trove, right, mom? This is something that's like, this is something that people need to access in culinary schools.
4: Yeah, that would be fantastic. So, Sarela, I have a question for you. I know I'm the guest, not, I'm not supposed to ask questions. <laughs> but what's, what's your favorite recipe? Do you remember one recipe from Josefina that you like and that you have done?
3: Yeah, I like her manchamanteles.
4: Manchamanteles.
3: Yeah. She's, you know, it's a, it's a Namole family, but it has all sorts of dried fruits. And just imagine that she was making this in, in the fifties. And I was, I was around that same time making my mother's uh, version of it. So I, I it was wonderful to compare, to compare it. See, her books, are, her recipes are really traditional. I mean, she, she's, but, but she lets you, she says, for instance, let's make a quesadilla or a gordita with chorizo. But if you're in the United States and, and can't find chorizo, use Italian sausage. You know, she was like very, very practical, you know, so she's teaching you how to make masa and all this stuff, but, but how to adapt it in the United States and still get the Mexican flavor.
4: Right. Yeah, she had knowledge at the beginning of the book that, uh, I mean, this is the 50s, right? So there was no, uh, all, the, all the Latin American stores that we have now in the United States and distribution of all... All the big brands, that you can find everything pretty much in the United States in these days, or most of the stuff. Uh so she has all these things like, well, you probably won't find this, but there's there's always there's always a way to substitute and still do this the Mexican way, right? And 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 that was uh that was a great way. My favorite one is uh and it's in the article I wrote for Severi is the the Albondigas con Chipotle. I Oh I I love
3: those too.
4: Uh, I have two boys, and boys love meatballs in all kinds of, I mean, Korean meatballs, Italian meatballs, Mexican meatballs, all this thing. And their top favorite has been forever, uh, the Albondigas con Chipotle. But Marisa, you have twin boys. I have two twin boys, yeah.
2: So my mom has twins as well. (laughs) I'm a
4: twin. I didn't know that.
2: Yes. And you live in Baltimore. That's correct yeah, and I had a restaurant in Baltimore, so I yeah. love Baltimore. It's one of my favorite cities. It's like I always tell people it's like the New Orleans of the north or or we're the Baltimore of the South, but it's a beautiful place, and I love Baltimore
4: really rich, rich place.
3: So tell me about your publishing business because maybe you could get well,
4: yeah, so we're in Baltimore. we started a company it's called duo press and uh, uh, you're going to like this around because it's called Duo because I have twins. So Duo, which means two, those. So that's why we call it Duo Press. And uh, we started as a very small regional publisher doing just children's books for in, in the regional area. We we started in New York, living in Queens. Uh, and, uh, and then um, because of uh, m- my wife's job, she got an offer to work here at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. So we moved here. And we've been very happy in, in, in Baltimore. So for somebody who grew up in, in Mexico City, then moved to New York and then moved to, to Baltimore, this is a very small city, very manageable city, right? So anyway, so we have this company here and we publish, we publish mostly children's books, but we are doing some adult books. And part of my plan has always been to do a book about Josefina, obviously, right? I mean, that, that, that makes complete sense. I have. I have the book project. We were before I started my company. We were like sort of like pitching the project uh, to different publishers and all those things. And then that now that I have my company, the, the, the conflict that I have is like, I don't know how she did it. She published 140 books. I, we publish 12, 14 books a year. I have a team of people. I have computers. And, and, it I, see, and it seems like a lot. <laughs> it seems like it seems like way too much. I don't really, I don't really have the the bandwidth to focus on on doing a book about Josefina, which totally kills me, right? Because I would love to do it, because once you when you're running a publishing company, you don't have really time to write, right? You need to. Uh, so this is something I would love to write. So it's it's been kind of a company. but but. Uh, in some point you'll see a Josefina book in our list for sure and it's gonna be absolutely wonderful. And uh we probably should talk about how to collaborate and do something together in some point because it will be a a, a great uh a great project. But yeah, I mean I think it it's sort of like it, it's very interesting that she was a publisher, I'm a publisher. She she cooked amazing food. I like to cook, I'm not saying I'm good, but I I like to cook and I like to keep the Mexican presence with my family.
3: And you're but,
4: a good uh, writer. You're a lovely writer too. Thank you, Sara. I thank you. Uh, I mean, but you have it in your in your bones.
2: Like our family, we're third generation cookbook authors.
4: Right. You know what I mean? In, in
2: our family, so we we have it just like you, Mauricio. It's in our and it's in our, it's in our
4: bones. Right, and I think it's a great opportunity for all of us to keep because it, the more we write about Mexican about Mexican food, the more people will know about it, right? So. We have that mission. Something else that I want to mention about Josefina that is, uh, is very interesting is that she was on top of everything that we've been talking about. She, she, she was fundamental in explaining new th- things to people in Mexico, right? So she has like, uh, this book is called Como Cocinar con los Aparatos Modernos, which basically explain how to use Everything from a blender to a pressure cooker and all these things. And and she gets this book and she gets ads from the manufacturers, General Electrics and all those to to support her book. <laughs> uh, so
2: I think it's amazing.
4: It, it's incredible. And people are
2: doing that now.
4: <laughs> right. And and this is a 19 19- 50-something book, and the, 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 the interesting thing is, like, she talks that it's a struggle for for her to let Mexican women, that it's okay to do a salsa in the blender, not just in the molcajete, right? So she was like, now we have this new machine that is called the blender. You should use it. And Mexi- Mexican women, including my own mother, didn't want to use a blender for salsa. They were like, no, I'm not going to use the blender for to make a salsa, right? Uh, this is amazing. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, the molcajete is fantastic, and of course we love the molcajete. But you know, sometimes you have to, you have to do this a little something a little faster. So use the blender. Is this machine called the blender? And and you can make beans in two hours instead of seven hours in, in the, the pressure crock pot. Crock, in the crock, crock pot, pot, yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Wow. So she 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 was ahead of everything. It was it, it was incredible, and she was also very. Quiet. She didn't like to be a celebrity. I, I, I mean, I don't think the, the, the term celebrity was used back in those days, but she, she was very shy. She was always kind of in the, in the, in the background. Uh, and well, that's, that, that's where she
2: differs from, from our family. <laughs> 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 my mom's like, I want my name in lights.
4: <laughs> right.
3: You don't know the story, but when I was little, I asked my mom, why did you name it Sarella? Why couldn't I have a normal name? And she said, because it's gonna look great in light, honey.
4: And it does. And a, a, a big a big part of your success in the restaurant in New York, I think it had to do with the name. The name was such a great name.
2: It's memorable. Everyone it's called your Z, you know? And my son's name is Yuma. Y-U-M-A. And it's okay. one of those names you just you just remember, you know? Right. That's so, great. And what are what are your the names of your sons? Uh Pablo
4: and Alejandro. Oh I love
3: that. And are they are they very much similar to you or?
4: Uh well, I don't know yet. <laughs>
3: How old are they? I
4: think they are they they one of them well now they're fifteen. They just they actually turned sixteen tomorrow, believe it or not. Uh but one of them is, is is just crazy. Like I actually asked him yesterday what he wanted for to eat on, on for his birthday, and he wants uh pulpos and su tinta. Um, wow! That's what he wants. He wants octopus uh or calamari. Look at right. him! I love that so He's he's really a a funny. And the other boy? The other the other it's it's also also everything. But it's a, he's a little bit more careful. He's not as, as adventurous. But uh, but they love. I mean, we we have a chance to live in Mexico City for a little bit, and they. They just want to go to any taqueria in Mexico City and they love uh, all the food from El Bajio, from Carmentita Ramirez and uh, all the restaurants that we went there. They, I mean, I think they want to go to Mexico City just to eat. That's all well, they want to do. You
3: need to take them to Oaxaca. It has become an amazing culinary center.
4: We have that plan and then COVID hit and it's been in standby for now, but we will go, uh, to Oaxaca as soon as it's, manageable for for us as a family and with the COVID situation and all that
3: well you'll find me there because I'm moving there anyway anything else that we should not forget to say except I mean for her television career we have not really talked about her television career
4: yeah so she worked for the I mean th- there is a I have a book here called you're gonna love this Aaron it's called La Cocina en el aire <laughs> the kitchen. I love it I love it <laughs> On the air by Josefina Velasquez Leon. And in this book, what she does is she collects recipes that she spoke about or she talked about in different radio shows and TV shows. She didn't have a, a show per se, but she was a frequent guest, especially in radio. There was four stations in Mexico City, uh, that were, you know, AM radio back in the day. And she was a, a frequent guest on, on all, on all those, uh, shows and she will talk about different things and, uh, just giving recipes and tips to people, just like we do these days. Uh, and then she will do some on, 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 on television as well. I've been looking for some footage of that, but you know, uh, it's hard to combine. I would imagine, I would
2: imagine very, very
4: hard to combine. I'm sure there's something somewhere, but, uh, no, what we need um, to do is get some of those,
2: really, those smart young people that are like those uh, um, television and movie buffs, and they're going to go into the archives and figure out where all this beautiful footage lives. And then we're right. going to extract them, you know, and, 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 and give them the resource they need to bring all that forward. Right. I think it's important to uh, make sure that we're doing everything necessary to make sure, obviously, that your family's legacy lives on and we're going to do it in many different ways. So, uh, Mauricio, how are some, how can people engage you and, and be able to continue this conversation and ask for
4: more information,
2: websites, emails that you feel comfortable giving?
4: Yeah, of course. So right now we used to have a website uh, back when uh, we did a couple of events at Sarella in New York and all these things. We have a website for a long time. Then because, you know, life happens, uh, the website has wasn't update, been updated, uh, been updated frequently. So we sort of like stopped that. And at this moment from my end, there is nothing really tangible. But uh, one of the things that this, uh, this invitation that you had. For me, which, uh, it was like a, a little bit like a, like a reminder that I need to get these things done, right? And I need to, to put this into, into the place that they deserve. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be having a, a website in the next, uh, couple of weeks for sure for her. And for now, you can just contact me to my, I mean, anybody who wants any information or, or, or wants to share anything about Josefina Velasquez de Leon, uh, they can just contact us. In, uh, in my work, in my company email, which is very easy, is hello at duopressbooks.com. It's hello at dot com. Sorry, duopressbooks.com.
2: Yeah, and I think we're going to also reinforce that through HRN, right? I would imagine Miss Amy and all of our team there are going to make sure that we have all your information readily available. And like I said, we're going to we're going to nominate one of our our, our foundation kids uh, that's going to have the name of of Josefina, and it's going to be beautiful. And I can't wait. And we're going to tell that story. And part of it's going to be that they have to sort of uh, rescatar and, and rescue those recipes and make sure that they can write a little article on on your great aunt. And I'm looking forward to that. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much.
3: It'll be a wonderful honor for her.
2: No, and you, Mom, are the one that put this all together. I know that the, uh, Doña Josefina has been such a big influence on you, and that's why we're really excited that this is all coming to to, to pass. Yeah, right.
3: And, and, yes, and it's just been wonderful to have this chance to to talk with you, Mauricio. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll follow up on this, and it's you know it's going to be a big deal. You're going to see. We're going to, to get the interest up there
4: of, of the culinary world. That, that would be fantastic. Thank you so much. It's, it's, it's really an honor to be here talking about Josefina. And uh, to see you, Sarela, is is wonderful. And Aaron, I never met you in person, but uh, I've seen you on TV many times and I really <laughs> admire you. you. Thank you. I admire you. Your, your, your work. Thank you. So thank you so much for the invitation. This, this has been great. Saludos, mi rey. Gracias. Saludos.
2: Cooking in Mexican from A to Z is powered by Simple Cast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork.
3: En mis entrañas